You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Blaine Jackson with New Dominion Bank. You know, Charlotte has a, a really strong reputation of being a banking town. You know, chances are you can go really anywhere and find at least a few people who are in that industry or some way involved in that industry. But really, Charlotte's banking business isn't just tucked into those big towers uptown. And we're really excited to learn a little bit more about what they call the community bank. And that is New Dominion Bank here. And uh, our guest, Blaine Jackson, knows all about it. Hey, Brian, thank you for the introduction. And Blaine, man, honored to have you on today. Thank you very much for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, for starters, man, what what's the difference between a big bank and a community bank? Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. Don't know if you guys are familiar with Simon Sinek. He's got a lot of great, you know, YouTube videos and books and things like that. And you know, uh, one of his big things is that it starts with why. Um, and so at New Dominion, we we have really stressed the importance of understanding why we exist. Um, and for us, it, it's it's very simple. It, it's as simple as just improving the local community. I mean, that's it. We are a community based bank. We've got our headquarters at the Metropolitan Building. Um, almost right there in the uptown area. We've got another branch up in Lake Norman, and we are solely interested in just improving this local community. So, I mean, certainly we make small business loans. We make mortgage loans. Uh, we hope that these, these businesses can create job growth. We hope that we can, you know, help people buy their, their dream home. So we, we support the local community that way. Um, we create our own job growth at, at New Dominion Bank, so we're supporting the community that way. But it's so much more than that. Um, you know, we offer all of our employees 24 hours of paid volunteer time, and we encourage them to get out and volunteer in the community. We want to be known as that community bank in Charlotte. You know, personally, I'm the chairman of the board at Classroom Central, um, so I kind of walk the walk, if you will. Um, and it just, it, it's just, it's fun. It's inviting. We, we do things locally, and that really resonates with our customers, um, and with the community as a whole. You know, if you look at the banking landscape in Charlotte, um, what, what's interesting is what was once known as Banktown and what I believe now is the second largest financial center in the U.S., um, there literally are only two banks left that are headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's Bank of America and New Dominion Bank. Um, and so as the community bank in, in the local community, we, we want to fill that void, and we want to do things locally, and we want to help to improve our local community as much as we can. And, and interesting, so I was listening uh, last night, um, actually, with the, the last Panthers game, and they talked a little bit about that. And, and I feel like every time the Panthers have a, a national game, it's like, oh, the banking community of Charlotte. You know, that, it, it, it's known, and, we, and we're happy about that. Like, Charlotte's great. Like, it's, it kind of grew from that. But tell us a little bit, like, if those are the only two options, it's kind of like health insurance, right? Is there another one? And I think that's what you guys bring to the table. So you guys don't necessarily have branches spread out all throughout the city. You've kind of taken a, a, what I would say a proactive approach and kind of tested what does it mean to really be a bank? So tell us, why do you guys not have you know actual physical locations and really what differentiates you from those? Yeah, clearly. So let me, let me first clarify that that doesn't mean that there are only two banks in Charlotte. There are a bunch of other banks in Charlotte. Uh, this is a highly banked market. There just happen to be two that are headquartered here. Um, but, you know, we really focus on meeting our clients where they live, work, and play. All right? We want banking to be convenient for them. We want them to be able to bank on their own time, not on the bank's time. 
So I really encourage our, our employees to, when they're on the phone with a client, to not say, hey, you know, come down to the bank and, and, and sign these papers. We want to go to them. We can meet them at their place of business. We can meet them at their home. We've certainly got all the mobile and the online technology to make it easy. It's whatever avenue works for them. If they want to come see us, we love to see them. I mean, please come see us. We love that. But we don't want to require anybody to come see us. And it's that it's that personal touch. It's that relationship-based banking. Um, it's non-transactional, if you will. We're not there to facilitate a transaction. We're there to build a relationship. When was the bank founded? Uh, January 10th, 2005. And so what's interesting is at the time, it was uh, the, the bank raised $40 million in capital to open up. Um, at the time, it was the largest capital raise of any bank in, in North Carolina history for a, for a startup bank. And if you remember, times were really good in 2005. Um, nobody that I'm aware of saw you know, what was coming down the road. So you've got a lot of capital. Uh, you've got a, a fantastic Charlotte community. Um, and the bank grew very rapidly. Um, and then we got the recession that hit. And, and so we dealt with the recession times, and we've now come out on the other side just absolutely growing and thriving and just ready to go. So uh, you, you're a pretty young fella to be leading a, a bank like that. Have, were you the one that navigated? Were you with the team there as we navigated through the recession or depression, however you want to look at it? Yeah, so the quick story there, I, I, I was not involved with the bank in 2005. I, I grew up in Atlanta. Um, I was the CFO of a bank in Atlanta at the time. Um, for, for New Dominion Bank, uh, they fell on some hard times through the recession and unfortunately needed to make a management change. But I'll also say, while I say unfortunate, I'll also say it's fortunate. The, the board made the very tough decision to make a change in the management team, and that was critical to navigating the recession and, and coming through to the other side. So I joined the bank in 2011 as part of a a new management team. I originally came over as the, the CFO of the bank. Um, you know, I was, again, the, the CFO of a bank in Atlanta. Atlanta was the epicenter of the financial crisis, and, and banking was not fun in Atlanta and in Georgia at all. You couple that with the fact my wife was never a huge fan of Atlanta. Um, our boys are now 12 and 13 years old, so you go back, you know, six years ago, and we had made the decision that the older the boys got, the tougher it was going to be to make a move. And we just figured if we were going to do something, now's the perfect time. Um, we were willing to take our time and do whatever, whatever it took and take as much time as it took. I, I still had a job in Atlanta. There was no rush, if you will. Um, so we were willing to go anywhere in the country. And we did a lot of research and decided that we wanted to make our way to Charlotte, North Carolina, or Nashville, Tennessee. Those were the two cities that we really liked. Um, and we were willing to wait it out and, and see what happened. And as, you know, luck would have it, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, about two weeks after we kind of had that family discussion, I, I got a phone call from New Dominion Bank. I'd never heard of New Dominion Bank. They were looking for a CFO. They said Charlotte, North Carolina. I said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. So I, I came up. I met with the board, met with the new management team, fell in love with the story, fell in love with the opportunity, and, and obviously ended up taking that opportunity. And that's now led to me being the, the CEO of the, of the organization as well. So of the six years I've been there, the, the first three were as the CFO. Um, the, the, the most recent three were as the CEO, as our interim CEO retired back at the end of 2014. So I came into the bank in 2011 knowing what I was dealing with. The, the bank was already struggling through the recession, if you will. Um, but as far as navigating the way forward, um, we've now raised – 
uh, almost an additional $40 million in capital through various capital raises, both uh, retail and institutional means. The, uh, the community really rallied behind those capital raises, and we had a lot of local community involvement in, uh, in putting money behind New Dominion Bank. And that was interesting. That was powerful because, you know, um, you go back to, to the 2011 timeframe, Wachovia hit this town really hard, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you had that was fresh on the minds of, of people, but yet they still understood the impact and the, and the power and the need for a local community bank. And they got behind that. And, you know, we are now extremely well capitalized. We've got uh, two times the amount of capital that is required by the regulators to be well capitalized. We're generally speaking uh, north of our peers in terms of capital. We're, uh, we're profitable and, and doing well and just overly, um, overall very healthy and, and highly regarded by the regulators and also serving this need here in Charlotte. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here from an investment standpoint or from a capital raise standpoint. Is that sheer deposits through gaining new consumer uh, accounts, or is that investor money buying shares of the bank, ownership, and that kind of thing? Or do you do it both ways? Um, just curious how that works, I, if, if you could share that. I tell you what, that, that is not a dumb question. So it's a very common question. So if you are not a bank, um, just simply getting cash in as capital, it's working capital. That, that's a lot of the loans that we provide to these local small businesses. We, we loan them money for working capital. In the banking world, when we say raising capital, it is strictly selling additional shares of stock of the bank. Gotcha. So in, in the ratios, the way they work there is the larger the size of the bank is, the more capital you have to have to support that, that capital base. Um, and essentially, you raise capital through either selling additional shares of stock or through earnings. Gotcha. Interesting. And t- I have a – this is kind of a unique question, I guess, but you'd be the right person to ask. So – you know, right now with 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 our um, our city going through, you know, email servers getting hacked, and you know the the guys asking for Bitcoin, right? Now I've read a lot of stuff about Bitcoin, and everyone's talking about, oh, this could be the future. It's untraceable. It's it's this new thing, and and then there's a lot of people that say, ah, oh, that'll be that'll be a fad. It'll be done in a, in six months. On that note, like, where is the future of the financial market? Where is the future of banking? And are we going to see more of these Bitcoin type? you know, things emerge? Well, the, the future of banking is extremely strong. I mean, as far as Bitcoin goes, um, you know, I don't know that I can specifically comment on that. I, I'm honestly surprised it's gotten as much traction as it has. It's obviously not a common currency yet, but, but I'm a little surprised it's gotten the traction that it has. Um, but, you know, what, what's happening in the banking circles is, um, is more around technology. And you've got these non-banks, if you will, um, apps, essentially, that are, are coming out there. Um, and, you know, it is a valid question of can you have non-banks down the road that essentially end up pushing the banks out? Um, you know, think of, you know, what Amazon's doing and PayPal is doing and, you know, Zelle and things like that. There's got to be a bank behind all of those. You, you can't have any of those things without a bank. Um, so there's got to be a bank behind it. But do they essentially end up becoming banks in and of themselves and, and delivering things differently? And I don't know. I think what's really going to happen is I know what we're certainly trying to do at, at, at New Dominion is embrace technology and be a part of that and not, not necessarily compete with them, but incorporate what they are offering into our banking service, services. So you, you've always got to have um, the, the banking system and the mechanisms and the Federal Reserve and the payment systems and things like that. 
So I don't think banks are going away, but I absolutely think the way banks are doing business is going to evolve. It has to evolve. Um, and those that are resistant to change are, are, are going to find it's a, it's a long road ahead for the next few years. Definitely. And I think one of the things with, with the big banks, and, and it's all about conflict resolution, right? You know, how quickly can they, can they you know, help you out if, if you have credit card fraud or you lose your credit card or whatever? And to be honest, you know, I've been in the bigger banks for a while and it seems like I'm talking to somebody in India. Oh, I'll get you, I'll get you a new card in two weeks. Well, like two weeks is, that's, that's forever ago. Like, I mean, that's yeah, a lot of money you spend in yeah, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, two weeks. So, I mean, tell us like, you know, not only are you guys local, but if, if they had to call up, I mean, even if not to go in, like, are they going to speak to somebody here in Charlotte? Are they going to be able to really craft something that's unique and create that personalized experience? And I think that's what you guys bring to the table and is a great reason to check you guys out. You got it. I mean, it's almost like I asked you to ask that question. We, we prepared in advance, which, which we didn't, <laughs> we, we didn't. didn't. So yeah, I mean, that, that, that's one of the big things that we offer is, um, I mean, certainly we've got a, a 1-800 number if you're, you know, away from town or whatever, but 99% of our people use a 704 number, and um, they've got a specific person. Every customer in the bank has a specific banker and the name of a person and their direct phone number that they can call and that will understand their situation um, and already be up to date on what's going on. And so, you know, all of our folks sit in either Charlotte, North Carolina or up in Mooresville. And, uh, and, and generally speaking, you're not going to get lost in a queue anywhere. It's interesting that you kind of bring up the, the debit cards. We've got a couple things to, to sort of speak to along those lines. Um, the first uh, that's really cool is our mobile app, which we're very proud of, has a feature that we have uh, named Toggle in it. So within our mobile app, you can toggle your debit card on and off, all right? So some people, you know, everybody uses it differently. Some people will keep it in the off position um, until they're going to make a transaction. And then once they make a transaction, they'll toggle it on, they'll make that transaction, then toggle it back off. Other people will just leave it on all the time. But you know, sometimes you misplace your wallet, it's stuck in the car somewhere. You don't know if somebody stole it, you don't know if you've lost it forever. If you call up and you cancel your debit card, getting a, a new one back can, can be difficult, as you, as you mentioned. So if you think you've misplaced something, but you might find it, just toggle it off. Somebody finds your wallet, not a big deal. And, oh, I found it. It was under the you know, seat of the car or something like that. You toggle it back on, no big deal. Um, but the other thing that's really cool that we're not aware of anybody else locally having is we have instant issue debit cards. So whether it's a new account that you've opened um, or, yeah, you have lost your account or experienced fraud. For whatever reason, you need a new debit card. Um, we can print them literally right there in the branch. And so once again, you know, people can come to us and, and pick it up. And, and we have a debit card printer where we can give you that instant issue debit card. Um, or we can, worst case scenario, drive it to you or FedEx it over to you. You're going to have it almost immediately. There's no waiting two weeks for it. That's exactly super yeah. cool. There's a, those are those cool little services that the community bank can offer. And I love the fact that you can call and just have a conversation with someone. We, we've built our business around relationships, and it sounds like there's a, a lot of overlap there with you all's philosophy. I'm curious, as, as a CEO of a bank, kind of what, what does your day in and day out look like uh, as, as the leader of, of this bank? Yeah. Um, so every single day, I come in with a list of things that I want to accomplish, and every single day that list changes. Um, that sounds a lot like my day, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So never, ever, ever have I 
organized my day and it have gone exactly the way I organized it or planned it out. Um, you just never know what's going to happen, whether, um, you know, an employee has a need, a director has a need, a shareholder has a need, a customer has a need, things evolve. So for me, what I try to do is I, I try to get into the office um, a, about an hour before we open and the things that I know have to get done, I'm going to get them done in that hour. And that hour of quiet time, you know, sometimes you can get a day's worth of work done if you've got an hour solid of quiet time. But once we open at 830, it, it, it's all games are all games are on and all bets are off. Um, and so it's a matter of being available, being flexible, being able to adapt and, and, and just kind of go with the flow and deal with um, the situations as they arise. Um, I'll go back to, to something you had said a minute ago um, before you kind of asked that specific question. You, you had mentioned um, being conversational. You know, a big thing at New Dominion that we say all the time is that it starts with a conversation. We, we talk about that all the time. Um, it starts with a conversation, and it is all about building relationships. And that's important because it's not pushing a product. It's not just focusing on the transaction. We are solely focused on having a conversation, understanding the needs of the client, and helping deliver the products that will help them fulfill those needs. But you can't figure out what that big picture looks like without having that initial conversation in order to build the relationship. So I, I wanted to come back around to that because I picked up on oh, that's that important. a minute ago. It is important, yeah. Absolutely. And you guys over at um, a New Dominion Bank, you know, financial literacy is a big issue. I know that you guys have done some really cool things to kind of educate, um, you know, the masses or, or maybe not even the masses, educates individually uh, on a specific you know, problem or whatnot. Tell us about some of the programs that you guys have created. Uh, I know there's a couple for first time home buyers that you can go in there and learn, you know, what does it take to really buy a home? Yeah, we're, we're really proud of that. Um, it, it goes back into giving back to the local community and it's actually surprising. So in the, in the banking world, you know, we sometimes get stuck thinking, well, you know, why don't people understand this? Or, you know, cause we're, we're in it day in and day out, but not everybody is. And when you get a, a college degree or a high school diploma or, or whatever it might be, um, an associate's degree, you know, I'm not aware of either banking related classes or um, financial literacy related classes or budgeting classes. Um, it's things that every one of us need to be aware of in our daily lives, yet there's not really any avenues out there that provide that. And so we want to fill that void. Um, and you're, you're right. So we do a couple things. Um, first time home buyer programs. We just did one uh, the other evening at uh, Sugar Creek Brewery. So we, we try to, you know, banking can be boring, right? And financial literacy can be boring. Okay. I, I, I'm very well aware of that. So we try to take a, a boring topic and make it fun and having it at a brewery is a really good start. Right. So, um, but what we do is it's a, it's a first time home buyer program and we essentially walk through what these first time home buyers ought to be thinking about in preparing to buy a home. What are we going to look at as the bank when we go to underwrite it? Um, you know, if your credit is in need of repair, you know, what can you be doing over the next six to 12 to 18 months or whatever it might be to get your credit score up? Um, you know, what kind of a down payment are we going to require? And just general education. And it's interesting that the, the general population is not aware of what, what happens there. So that's an example. Um, and we did another one, you know, even before that, we did it at, uh, at Old Mech. And so we just have a good time and getting a lot of um, good reception out of those. But one of the other things that we're really proud of as well that we did um, several months back, we partnered with, with Avid Exchange, you know, another local company here in Charlotte. They've got a great brand, a great reputation. Uh, we think very highly of them. 
up until recently, we were in the same building at the Metropolitan. You know, they've now mm -hmm. moved over to the Music Factory, so we know those guys real well. But what we did is we went to a a local school in a, a low income area, and the uh, the employees of of Avid took uh, the kids after the school hours and entertained them and played with them and had a good time with them. While we at New Dominion took the parents and did a financial literacy class, um, and again talked about you know whether it's first time home buyer or you know, how to manage your home finances, how to budget, how to save for a home, how to save for retirement, you know, whatever it might be. And that worked out perfectly. So, you know, we were able to get the, the parents undivided attention and the kids were able to have a good time at the same time. So we're, we're real proud of that. And it's, it's uh, been very well received. Well, that plays right in along with your brand and, and the community aspect, which some of the bigger banks or some of your competition may not be doing. And it's also educating folks that need the education. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and one it's, quick thing, and I think a lot of people, and, and this is a question actually for myself, so here we go. So I've been with Bank of America forever because of my parents, right? I don't think I've ever really thought about changing just because it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go through the hassle of changing everything, and it's probably not that difficult. So if someone's listening to this, and maybe they haven't gotten the support from a bigger bank, but they really want to you know, come and learn from New Dominion or, or, or really move over to y'all, what's the process like and how can they do that? Yeah, we, we hear that all the time is switching banks is a pain in the neck. Um, I, I will share with you that while it's not completely turnkey and just flip a switch and boom, it's done, it's significantly easier than you ever think it would be. Um, the anticipation of switching banks is much worse than the actual switching. And we hear all the time, once people have switched to us, gum, man, I wish I'd done that a long time ago. So it goes back to um, you know, not having a call center in India and having people specifically to talk to and building those relationships. I mean, we're going to hold our clients' hands all the way through the process. We're going to do as much of that transition part, put that, that burden on us as the bank and take as much of it off of you as we can. Now, there are certain things um, that, that only the customer can do, but it ends up being so much easier than you can ever think. And certainly refinancing a mortgage is... Um, is is a little bit of a piece of cake and might might chuckle to hear me say that because there are a lot of regulations behind it but we're going to walk you through those and help you with those um on the banking side you know you're talking about changing over you know bill pay providers and things like that and we're going to help with that as much as we can as well but generally speaking it's it's much less painful than you would ever think it would be that's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a new customer yeah. here. There we go. <laughs> we are definitely going to have a conversation. I brought cool. some paperwork with hey, me. Hey, let's do it. Let's, let's here here goes the rollout. Here. I'm downloading the app as we speak. Yeah. Well, Blaine, thank you so much for uh, for coming on our Brand Builders podcast. I think we learned a lot. Hopefully our audience learned a lot, and we really appreciate your time. Thank you so thank much you, for Blaine. having me. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.